This is the rundown where every week the Fab Four gets back together and we break down the news of the week. Guys, we had a couple things happen this week that we have to cover. The usurper-in-chief and his uh, so-called inauguration. We got a mask video about him. Executive orders came out today and uh, over the week. The World Health Organization on cue on the very same day of the inauguration, change how PCR tests work. Speaking of Q, Q and on is no more. We've got the was video. That, was that Q-U-E or Q? <laughs> uh, Q <laughs> is destroyed. And speaking of being destroyed, uh, now they're going to be targeting us. We have a video about Trump's new army. Colorado Church, cops escort the faithful out. What crime did they commit? Well, they showed their face to Almighty God. We got a video with Ted Cruz questioning Pete Buttigieg. We got Dick Levine. He goes by Rachel. And if you don't call him Rachel, he, as the next deputy health secretary, is going to label you as mentally ill. 30 dead in Iraq, right on cue, speaking of cue. And, uh, of course, the USCCB is doing jumping jacks and overjoyed that our second Catholic president has been installed. This is the rundown. Let's do this. Mike, my mic hits go live. People, come. when when we when we're live, we got people coming, and we really uh, we enjoy doing this live. It's it's a lot less work to be honest, because you know if you make a mistake when you're live, people are like, well, they were live, you know. Actually, that's not true. People are very critical. Um, are they back? Are we back on? By the yeah, way? yeah, we're yeah, back we're on. on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, the usurper in chief, guys, uh, do what is what is good for thee is not good for me. Uh, we have that video. I think we should just cut straight to it. Here's uh, little Ducey from Fox News questioning the new press secretary about why is why it is that President Biden, so-called, um, released a, an executive order on masks, mandating masks on federal grounds. And then the same day that he signed the order, here he is standing without a mask. Go ahead. Why weren't President Biden and all members of the Biden family masked at all times on federal lands last night if he signed an executive order that mandates masks on federal lands at all times? At the inaugural... Memorial, yes. I I think, Steve, he was celebrating uh, an evening uh, of a historic day in our country, and certainly he signed the mask mandate because it's a way to send a message to the American public about the importance of uh, wearing masks, how it can save tens of thousands of lives. We take a number of COVID precautions, as you know here, in terms of testing, social distancing, mask wearing ourselves, as, as we do every single day. But I don't know that I have more for you on it than that. But as uh, Joe Biden often talks about, uh, it is not just important the uh, example of power, but the power of our example. Was that a good example for people who are watching who might not pay attention? Uh, normally. Well, Steve, I think uh, the power of his example is also uh, the message he sends by signing 25 executive orders, including um, almost half of them related to COVID. Uh, The requirements that we're all under every single day here to ensure we're sending that message to the public. Yesterday was a historic moment in our history. He was inaugurated as president of the United States. He was surrounded by his family. We take a number of precautions, but 
I don't think I think we have big bigger issues to to worry about at this moment in time. Isn't that sweet? I don't I don't know what to tell you. You know, he he was celebrating. It's a huge historic thing when we get a new president. I mean, it's it's <laughs> what what else can I say? You break all the rules. We're back. Wasn't he at the uh, temple of our beloved dictator Lincoln? I think he was. I think he was. And and look, I I didn't read the executive order, so I'm not sure if there is this exemption for if you're celebrating, you don't have to wear a mask. I'm sure it's probably in there, though. Anybody signed 19? The first cup. I got five more coming today. So, uh, yes, Obama started the rule by dictates. You can call that a dictator. And then Trump did it, but then no one cared. No one on our side cared if Trump did it because he's our boy. Mm-hmm. And then Biden's doing it again, so it's now bad again because he's not our guy. Well, so it's, we've, it, we've got it's some just too, we've, just, we've got some interesting executive orders coming down the pike. I mean, he's canceling the Keystone Pipeline. We'll get to that with the Cruz Buttigieg video. Um, he's opening the borders once again, uh, extending uh, clemency to the Dreamers, etc. Uh, he's refunding. Uh, he's 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 changing the Mexico City policy, which means abortion uh, will now be paid for around the world and underwritten by the U.S. taxpayers. Um, I don't know what else. I, there's wage. there's so many. It's a dizzying number. It's so great to have a new monarch. <laughs> right. The minimum wage going up to fifteen dollars uh, an hour across the country as well. Mm-hmm. So unemployment mm-hmm. then goes up. Wait, you can do that via executive order. You can just mandate the You're minimum dictator. wage. <laughs> dictate. Yeah, I mean, where's where's the legislative branch? You know, it back when um, I think it was during Kavanaugh's uh, hearing for uh, for the Supreme Court, where it was who was the congressman? I don't like him all that much, but uh, but he gave at least a decent speech laying out some of these problems. Oh no, it was Ben Sass. That's who it was. Mm -hmm. Again, I don't like particularly much, but. He was talking about how why is why is a confirmation hearing for a Supreme Court judge this huge political circus? Well, it's simple because we in the legislative branch have stopped doing our jobs. And that was so completely true. I was surprised he actually came out and said that because he's basically laying it out. Well, yeah, uh, we don't legislate anymore. We just kind of do backroom deals. And um, and you look at the way Congress works. I mean, it. To be on X committee, you got to pay X amount of dollars, and your congressional salary doesn't even begin to cover what you have to pay to be on any important committee to accomplish anything. So you go down and you meet with the lobbyists, and they'll take care of it, and they'll pay for your seat. But that means then you got to cover their interests. That's why Babylon B, this great satire piece where legislators now have barcodes on their their arms so that uh, lobbyists can scan them and get the price best prices they check out right um <laughs> it's that's pretty much the way it works so the idea of actually legislating hey why don't we talk to our representatives and see what the best thing is to address these problems nope biden's just going to come out and lay like oracles from heaven and the same thing with trump too trump is going to come out and lay oracles from heaven mm. for how we're going to have law and the same thing for obama i love having oracles all this freedom this, this freedom is great you know like right? and the limited government that we have and the constitution that limits what the executive can, uh can do uh so yeah you got 17 executive orders five more coming uh you know it's uh, it's it's incredible now, one of the executive orders, or at least at least one of them, was about traveling and masks and COVID nineteen eighty four. Here's an image. Can I find this image uh, of the PCR test being changed right on cue? Here it is. Look at this. 
literally the same day of the inauguration. Uh, okay, yeah. we got a new commander-in-chief. We got a new usurper. Uh, now you have to have two positive tests and present symptoms. Or no, if you have one positive test and you present clinical symptoms, then you count the numbers. If you have one positive test and do not present any clinical symptoms, then you need a second positive test. And then, only then, after you also present symptoms, then you are counted in the numbers. So asymptomatic is a, is a thing of the past, Steve. Wow. Yeah, I think it was the Wall Street, Wall Street Journal came out with saying that everything is it's on the it's on the verge of being over now. Uh-huh. Just they're going to give every, all the all the all the credit's going to go to dear leader Joe Biden now, and uh, it's this whole failed flawed idea of two party thing. My team's over your team, my team's in. So now we got a competent guy, which is it's going to be hilarious these next four years of the idiocracy that's going on. But at least at this uh, point, if you die in a car accident and then test positive, you're not going to count the numbers anymore, right? Right, right. And if Fauci... Unless, unless you're in a red state where your governor's not doing what they want him to do, and then oh, they'll, right. they'll ratchet it up then. See, look at this bad governor. He's a super spreader state or whatever. <laughs> right. The whole asymptomatic thing was always BS to begin with. It was ba- The original claim was based on a study in Germany of six Chinese women. No controls, no peer review. It didn't even have any follow-up for the, the, the study cases. They just summarily declared, oh, this could be spread and you don't even know you have it. Now, epidemiologists called foul in that right away and they got censored right away because that was the narrative that the media was told to run with but the reality is asymptomatic transmission of any respiratory virus is fairly rare usually and usually what when even when that happens the symptoms you're presenting you haven't even noticed like fatigue you can get fatigue from all sorts of things so you don't necessarily say oh i might be coming down with influenza so you keep going to work, and then that's that's really when you are contagious. That first major fatigue you get before the fevers onset and then the coughs and everything else, and so that's when you do actually spread, and you just don't realize that you're sick yet, right? So, it, but we, you know, with this going on, you'd think most people, yeah, yeah I better stay home. I'm not feeling well, and and if they just talked about that kind of thing. This never would have even been a major issue, just like with the swine flu back under um, Obama. You know, the same type of things going on. How many millions of people died? Oh, yeah. We still haven't even reached the numbers uh, in in terms of infection rates and and mortality rates. But, Steve, I mean, uh, if you rob a bank and you get shot by the police who respond to the scene and you die there in the action of trying to rob a bank and then they test your corpse and it tests positive for COVID – Previously, that counted as a COVID death, and uh, that was counted in the numbers. According to this, if you're not presenting any symptoms, you're not going to count anymore. It's like, oh, dear leader, we have a new we have a new executive, and therefore we're going to stop counting COVID nineteen eighty four. You know, you're going to see it go away. Maybe it's utterly amazing, isn't it? Mag- magically, swears in, and boom, COVID's going to go down. <laughs> I mean, it's it, obviously it's not. This is going to be around for years, as they've mentioned. Was it you know, was it uh, England or Germany? I think it was England saying that be prepared to wear uh, muzzles for the next uh, forever. <laughs> so, this is this is not going away anytime soon. This is your quote unquote new normal of wearing other things because there's people coming out with clothes with matching masks. A did you, have y'all seen the Italy thing? This, the best news so far is there's 50,000 restaurants in Italy that basically all opened up 
and told the government the government to go pound sand. And when cops were running coming in to stop them, they basically kicked them out, saying, "You work for we pay your your salaries. Get out." Oh, they escorted them out. It was great. Thousand restaurants. Oh, it was great. Like, imagine uh, the only time cops have been escorted off the scene in the United States was by Antifa, and that happened recently. <laughs> so wait a sec. They're still well, around. It also- it shows, too, that if, as long as you are willing to – you have to be willing to take a risk, right? You could go to jail. You could be you know, hit with severe fines. But if everybody does it, if you get you – know, you just have the, the collective consciousness of your society gets them and says, no, we're not going to tolerate this. We are going to fight back. There is literally nothing you can do. The, the, the political class will back off. We just saw that in Massachusetts where – the mandatory uh, flu vaccine that they were trying to bring mm-hmm. out. There was such an outcry against that that they stopped. They ruled it back. So they said, no, no, no I'm sorry. We, we didn't know there was such a problem with this. Okay, we won't do this now. You know, and, and that's what you have to do is, is that once you have this mass pushback, they stop. Now, it is a war of attrition. They'll keep it going. But that's at least your first step. And you have to be willing to take a risk. You have to know your community. That's the thing in Italy is that, I mean, they have the similar problems with the phones. It's it's not some great magic culture. I live there. I know its faults as well as its virtues. But there is still a sense of community there where people see something like, no, 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 we can't tolerate this anymore. And it finally hit that boiling point. In the U.S., on the other hand, most people are like, oh, on their little fondle slab, let's let's watch our video of uh, Calgary you know, it, 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 police in Canada breaking into people's homes and taking people out because they had all of six people in their house. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, and, and just kind of keep on going. You know, you watch your video of the, this person being dragged off a beach when the, you know people are so distant, but the cops are just grabbing this and that person and, and taking well, away. Your we'll, we'll just go back to what we're doing. It's, it's always about your safety, right? So, right on cue, we're not we're counting uh, we're counting the uh, deaths differently. Speaking of cue, cue and on, it's gone. Check this out. Uh, this is a tweet from Disclosed TV. This is showing that the moderators of the Q website, however they would publish their little Q drops, they have deleted everything. It's gone. It is no more. The Q boards have been erased. I think we can actually say Q now on YouTube since we're making fun of it. Um, it's gone. It's truly anonymous. On to the next thing. You can read this for yourself. You can see it. Uh, Steve. It was a great psyop while it lasted. Steve, this was this has to go down as one of the most successful psyops in the history of the world, yeah? I still get emails. I mean, how, how many people do you see tweet or text, oh, March 6th is the new date. That's what everybody's yeah. going to get. Seriously, if you think this way. I don't know what else to say. I, I don't know what how to do. How do you unplug somebody out of this cult? That's it. That's it, what it is. It's a psyop cult. Yeah, cult it's, that's a, it's, going a, on. it's a very so sad psyop cult. A lot of people did it. did think that Biden was going to be arrested in front of national television, and that the space force was going to pipe that into everyone's devices and finally reveal all the crimes to the world, and that Trump would ride in, in on a white it. tiger. <laughs> Um, and you know, there were a lot of comments last week about how, you know, we're, we're mocking the absurdity of that idea. And people are really, they were like, Oh, now is not the time for you to be joyful. I'm kind of like, brother, I weren't the saints joyful, even like when they were being boiled to death and stuff. I mean, come on. They were singing hymns. (laughs) No, I mean, people have placed their hope in an earthly city. They, They want a messianic figure to be in the white house. Um, and that's why they, 
they didn't let go of a false hope. Um, and that's what I guess. Yeah, it's, it's kind of pathetic because our hope is in Jesus Christ. Our hope is that, you know, in living out the gospel on a daily basis, uh, attacking our, our, our vices and living virtuously. This is how the kingdom of God uh, is present in our world, not because it's legislated from the White House or from the Senate. You heretic. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope that. And I know a couple of people that were very deep into this thing. And, and when I first heard about it, it was back, I think, in 2017 and about the sealed indictments and all that. And I just it just slightly piqued my interest. And and so I just decided to look into it a little bit. And they find out the whole sealed indictments thing was a bunch of nonsense. It was basically people grabbing screenshots on this federal prosecution website, PACER. I'm not sure how you say the acronym, but P-A-C-E-R. And it's a slightly complicated legal tool. And what the people who had done produced these screenshots, they'd manipulated it so that you could put in search terms in a general search. It would show all these sealed proceedings. And then, you know, and they'd mix it up with the actual search for a sealed indictment, which would yield a couple of results. And so they were like, oh, look, if we go out, there's all these indictments. And the thing is, the government has thousands of sealed proceedings at any mm -hmm. given time. And it, but it's not the same as an actual indictment that they've really got against, you know, the D and the thing is just stop, stop people. Think, think, think. If Trump is working with some intel asset somewhere to really bring down the deep state, why is he going to put it out in the interwebs where they can see it and counter it? Oh, because he's got an even mm -hmm. better plan. He's playing 40-dimensional 40, 40 chess. Seriously, now that this has all been exploded for what it was, and people have been telling you the whole time it's nonsense, there's no evidentiary basis for it, come back to reality. Maybe they will now that the other guy is in the White House so we can direct your five minutes of hate in the other direction. But at least come back and realize, no, 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 it's not the good government guys versus the bad government guys. They're all bad. Well, it definitely, it definitely could be that. I, I, I personally think that there is a 4D chess game being played. And, of course, we're the pawns. And it's, well, yeah, it's by the bad And it's being played against us. And I think the next iteration and the whole purpose of Q is what we're about to watch here. Um, they have, they have, they have weaponized people's hope and their desperation for a, an almost an, a messianic figure like Trump. And I say almost messianic because of how Vigano talked about Trump for the entire year in 2020. And, um, and now they're going to serve that right back up to us and anybody who is involved, was involved, is a Trump supporter, shows up to a rally, will be labeled a domestic terrorist. Check this video out. On or before January 20th, Donald Trump will no longer be the commander-in-chief. He will lose control of the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Special Forces, and America's nuclear arsenal. On January 20th, Donald Trump will become the commander-in-chief of a different army. This army. The greatest threat facing America today comes from within. Radical extreme conservatives, also known as domestic terrorists. They are hidden among us, disguised behind regular jobs. They are your children's teachers. They work at supermarkets, malls, doctor's offices, and many are police officers and soldiers. For more than a decade, Donald Trump has spoken directly to white supremacists in their language. Build that wall! Build that wall! Build that wall! Pocahontas, is it offensive? Oh. Oh, really? Oh, I'm sorry about that. Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States. In the middle of a presidential debate, Donald Trump was asked to disavow white supremacy. He refused. 
Instead, he told the Proud Boys to stand back and stand by. Proud Proud Boys, stand back and stand by. They heard their leader. They even responded to him on Twitter, promising to stand by. And on January 6, 2021, Trump greenlit them. They suited up. They flew in. They took hotel rooms. They loaded their weapons, prepared their bombs. And they attacked with the intention of killing Nancy Pelosi and hanging Vice President Mike Pence. They were vocally saying, where's the speaker? We know she has staff. They're here someplace. We're going to find them. In the years ahead, Trump will lead his army of domestic terrorists. He will encourage and incite violence. He will play the role of arsonist and fireman. He will start a civil war and then say things were more peaceful when he was president. We have to fight back. In this new war, the battlefield has changes. Computers can be more valuable than guns. And this is what we need now more than ever, an army of citizen detectives. I'm proposing we form a citizen army. Our weapons will be computers and cell phones. We, who are monitoring extremists on the internet and reporting their findings to authorities. Remember, before the Navy SEALs killed Osama bin Laden, he had to be found. He was found by a CIA analyst working on a computer thousands of miles away. It's up to you. Okay, Trump's new army. Uh, We need an army of citizen spies of brown shirts who are uh, going to track all of you down. If you go to the Latin mass, if you had supported Donald Trump, if you are pro-life, you will be labeled as a domestic terrorist. And especially if you are involved with QAnon at all, you will be labeled as a domestic terrorist. This is the new hotness. It's coming soon to a uh, district near you. It's the new McCarthyism. It's the Red Red Scare 2021 version. Uh, I mean, there's the, uh, what was it, HS Today, that U.S. had a uh, story, a DOJ, DOJ sedition team investigation, Capitol rioters, just like international terrorism. You, you heard uh, talking heads talk about, or even the quote-unquote politicians, we need another 9-11 trial, another 9-11 oh, report. Oh, my gosh. Hey, good. These people want blood. <laughs> what nope. what they do? They they walked in to their backyard because right now Portland and Seattle is on right. fire. They're they're still burning Portland, Seattle. No <laughs> one cares about that. Right. But you went into their cathedral, as they say, their worst hallowed grounds. As even Biden mentioned in his inauguration address that was probably written by a four-year-old it's so badly worded. oh uh come on that made some people cry there was this one soy boy on twitter that he was posting his his own tears he said this is so good this is what we needed and i'm just wondering like how much how much soy made that happen um and then you have Chris Wallace doing the equivalent of a, a, a Toomey Zoom call <laughs> over how excited he was about this particular uh, address. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, it's one of the worst. I only caught part of it. I couldn't stomach anymore. It was so bad. Oh, it's bad. That, I mean, there's throwback to Bill Clinton, someone who also I did not like and frankly uh, used his talents for evil. But... In terms of the quality of his speech, uh, I'm granted he had writers, but they wrote good stuff and he delivered it very, very mm-hmm. well because he was cl- at least classically trained in rhetoric and he spoke extremely well. It's just evil what he was saying yeah. doing. But here's here's just a couple of words. You know, you, he, he's all about unity, repair. Mu- here's direct words: much to repair, much to restore, much by treating to half the country as terrorists, much to build, yeah, much to gain, and then two for two li- three lines later. 
a cry for racial justice for some 400 years ago and making moves us. The dream of justice for all will no longer defer, no, will be deferred no longer. A cry for survival comes from the planet itself, a cry that can't be more any more desperate or any more clear. And now a rise of political extremism, white supremacy, domestic, domestic terrorism that we must confront and we will defeat. He basically says we're going to war. I, when I heard that, the cry for help. unity, unity. When, when I heard the cry for help from the planet and all that, I was I I thought I was reading a papal encyclical for a moment. I don't. I was transported back. I was I was confused. Is this an inauguration or is this a um, or is this a Francis document? Um, somebody in the chat is asking why we why we're always um, so ragging on Archbishop Vigano, and do we not agree that Biden is a terrible choice? I feel like we have to do this every single week, gentlemen, so let's just do it. All right, we'll start with Brother. Brother, we got nothing against Archbishop Vigano. He's a, he's a good man, and he's he's revealed a lot of stuff. But the fact, right, that he anointed Trump as, like, the in biblical terms, that's it's, it's kind of cringe, right? Yeah, I mean, when he came out with all the necessary information, the behind-the-scenes information about Cardinal McCarrick, that was a great revealing the deep state in the deep state in the church, the deep church, absolutely. Um, but when it came to the U.S. election, that was just kind of out from left field. In a sense, I understand how important it is for the world. Um, but yeah, talking in messianic terms, I mean, he could have chose a different way to to talk about things. Um, I mean, look, yeah. there were there was one letter where he literally said that the survival of the Catholic Church was dependent upon a U.S. presidential election, and that is just patently false. That is an error. That is a heresy. It just is. You it, the the Church was guaranteed by Christ. The gates of hell shall not prevail. Christ never said the gates of hell might prevail if if Trump doesn't win in twenty twenty. Uh, look, I I voted for Trump. I don't. Uh, I think maybe one other member of the rundown voted for Trump, and maybe two members didn't vote at all. Uh, I don't. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not quite sure. Uh, but yeah, I I sort of wanted Trump to win, but I also am very critical of the fact that Trump d- did a lot of non-Catholic things, and for you know the whole Trump and Vigano marriage was I think a little weird. Ryan, I think Brother really encapsulated what what I think about it in as much as he he revealed what he knew, and when he did, notice how he spoke. He named names. He named you know places where you will find these documents. He had a very explicit knowledge of these things, and you know, and I'm pretty certain that that he was proven correct on those points. Um, <clears throat> then the, you know, there's other questions though about exactly what else was going on there. It's like you see him buddy up with McCarrick and like a. Uh, 2011 address that he was making. So it's it's one of these head scratchers, and I didn't really find his his explanation too satisfactory for that. I think there's a little more to it, even than when he revealed. But then you know you get out of. And I mean, if it was me and I was involved in essentially covering up for a an abuser of children, an abuser of adults, using his power and influence to to vulnerable men with SSA to get them to engage in homosexual activity when they would not have other might not have otherwise, hopefully not. Um, you know, in all the, the power broking is his earning money, his involvement in the American political scene, going over to China for American political interests and so many other things. It's like, and he's got all this money coming in from all these places that, and I was, if I were Vigano and I was involved in that cover up, 
I would be, my attitude would be, you know, coming forward would be, I'm going to spend my time in prayer and penance for the damage I did to the church. And his witness, I think, would be a lot more powerful for that because they wouldn't be able to abuse him the way they do since he, but then he, you know, he gets into these missives. And I don't know if some group approached him and say, hey, that was great. Why don't you do some more? Um, I know somebody that spoke to Cardinal Burke. And he said that, um, you know, this doesn't sound like Vigano because he used to know Vigano. And he's like, this doesn't really sound like him. And, and, I, and I theorize that people might be writing his stuff for him. So I'm not going to besmirch no, him No, no, well, that's a good point. I mean, look, but, there's, a, there's a reason why we have a, we have a retirement age of clerics at, at 80 years old, because it's so easy to take advantage of 80-plus-year-old people. And so uh, this isn't even just uh, – anyway – I think the point the point is is that I, what was missing from this inauguration address was a men and a women. That's what was missing, right, Steve? All right. Um, speaking of ecclesiastical well, stuff, just to, just to put a caption on that whole point about Trump versus Biden. All right, yeah, we know Biden's not that great. Biden is also an opportunist. He will do anything possible to run for, to be president. He's been running for it for twenty years. Probably came up because look who's in charge. AOC and those guys are literally in charge. The far nutty group. When he in his speech, he talked about extremism. While surrounded by Kamala, who's the biggest extremist in the area in DC right now, is VP and AOC and literally Bernie and all these nut jobs that are around there. He's Biden's just the puppet. They say, hey, we'll get you president. You're gonna play our game. None of this stuff, because he's kind of, he's not, I mean, we're talking the ninth year of the Obama administration, really. And Biden is kind of not all there in the head. Don't give him too much credit. Plus, we give the presidency way too much credit anyways. We should be at the point that, hey, the president did this today. Don't care. (laughs) It literally should not affect anything in your life. But we make it. We let it do. Now, we've been critical on Trump. I'm tired of people not calling out what he did wrong one of the uh one of the things that biden did in executive order was break get back us get us back in the who what did trump do he got us out of who right oh but if we just stop at that story yes he got us out of who but then gave all the money to gavi who's part of the who <laughs> and bill gates and all that. so he didn't re- it was a shell game on that part right he made gmos easier to enter the food supply guess what we got coming down to fate Fake foods. Yep. We got, uh, let's see. Well, Monsanto running the 5G. now in the FDA. I right. mean, Tom, Tom Vlasic, the Iowa, former Iowa governor, I'm not sure I'm saying his name right. He, he worked for Monsanto. And right. he in the Obama administration, he was there approving as many GMO foods as could possibly be approved without any kind of scrutiny. Even though it's well known, they yield fewer mm-hmm. crops. They don't stand up well to environmental conditions they don't they uh the, the the bugs that eat the pesticides that have been inserted into the genome of the plant get resistant to them and now you have to spray more not less and you can't get the seeds out of it you have to go buy new seeds so we know this is bad for farmers it's bad for everyone except for the interests that the fda now represents and it's the same thing. Under and Biden. we reported last week that Bill Gates is now the largest owner of farmland in the United States. Why is Bill Gates the purveyor of uh, vaccines and healthcare? The health czar, uh, former computer guy, now the largest shareholder of farmland. He owns he owns enough farmland that's equivalent to the size, I think, of uh, half the size of France I'm, or, or maybe the full size of France. If I mean, you it's ridiculous. Know, actually, if you want the answer to that question, there is an independent 
uh, media outlet. Most of the people who listen to us probably watch him. Uh, James Corbett in, in Japan, the Corbett Report, www.corbettreport.com. He did a, if you do that address and then ha- slash Gates, you'll get his two hour documentary on Bill Gates, which is factually based. You can go through all his notes, and, and it's basically going through all the data that is out there on Bill Gates, legitimate data. And you know, showing essentially why it is Bill Gates is trying to monopolize all these industries, global health, uh, and the decade of vaccines that he announced back in um, you know 2010. He, you know, he supposedly became this great philanthropist to give all his money away, right? Except he doubled his net worth in ten years since leaving Microsoft. I mean, that, that's a fact. You can look that up. He really has. So why is he doing all this? Well, it's interesting. If you if you were watching a Saturday morning cartoon and you saw a villain who was buying up all the farmland but investing in synthetic meat and synthetic foods, genetically modified foods, and at the same time had this harebrained scheme to spray the air with crap. This is a legitimate thing. You find it in Forbes, of all places. That What, what chemtrail conspiracy theorists have been saying for years is, uh, well... You know, they're spraying the sky with all this stuff to, to, you know, for whatever. And people, oh, that's conspiracy theory. Bill Gates wants to do it. He wants to spray things in the sky that will block the sun. And it's like, (laughs) wait, we're going to let this businessman run with this mad scientist scheme that we don't know what it's going to do. If your cartoon villain was going to do all those things, you would say, man, that's just ridiculous. What a stupid (laughs) story. And here he is. It's so absurd. (laughs) I know. It's it's so absurd what he wants to do. Speaking of absurd, though, and disordered, um, I just finished the point. <laughs> yeah. uh, support and expansion of 5G. He actually called for 6G. You need that for the reset. Support of the Syrian false flag narrative. There was somebody that he wanted to lock up that was part of that. You're too, just saying, you're, the man, you, you love that this is live on. Oh, uh, I ain't finished. You love that this <laughs> is on RTF, though. You can say whatever you want. The drone effort. <laughs> The number of citizens killed by international airstrikes increased by 330% in from 2016, the last full year of the Obama administration, to 2019, the most recent year in which there was complete data from the United States. He killed 700, 700 civilians in Afghanistan. He removed what was the reporting for don't drone deaths or replaced them by Obama once he decided that he, had to, he was able to do the drones. Uh, let's see, he kept the presidential kill list. And let's not talk about the depth. He created more depth. Spent, he spent more in half the time Obama did. Four years. This is a guy, he promised to end the debt, to get rid of the debt. He increased it and increased the spending tw- twofold in half the time that Obama did. And nobody in our in our set is, and it's no one's saying that. Which dri- that's what drives me batty when everyone goes on this, I can't believe Trump's gone. Nothing's good. Everything. He was worse than Obama, and Biden's going to be worse than Trump. Did you get well, that out of your system? Let's just put that. I'll put the. You know, I didn't like Trump. <laughs> I didn't vote for Trump, but I'll put this much in for Trump. He didn't start a new war. I yeah, mean, continued yeah. what was already going. He didn't start a new one. So there's at least one campaign promise he actually kept. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. Everyone's jumping on me online about. Mm-hmm. Hey, so he didn't start a new war. He was at the March for Life. Great. We'll canonize him. Let's let, well, well, but is that, 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 we got a bar so low. That's a low bar. That, uh, it's a, it's a low bar to say he's the most pro-life president in history. 
Um, and it really is a low bar to say that, you know, that it, let's, let's presume that he actually is pro-life and did convert on that issue and, and did want to do everything he could to stand for life. And let's just let's give the, Trump the benefit of the doubt and say, OK, he couldn't defund Planned Parenthood, even though they had both houses of Congress from 2016 to 2018 and they had ample time to do it. And he could have he, he could have. Uh, shut down the he shut down the government over a wall he definitely could have shut down the government over that but let's just presume that he did everything he could and and he did all the things that um to try to protect life that is the definition of the novus ordo religion right there if you are pro life then you're basically in good standing that's it that's the one thing that they hold on to and that's it you can be disordered and speaking of disorder uh we got to get to the Pete Buttigieg story uh, because guys like this now, uh, the gay mayor from uh, from wherever he's from, uh, Indiana, Indiana, is now going to be in charge of the transportation uh, aspect of the government. Here, here's the here's Ted Cruz interviewing Buttigieg at his confirmation hearing. Mr. Buttigieg, congratulations on your nomination. Thank you. Um, the Department of Transportation has responsibility for infrastructure has a major role concerning jobs, and has responsibility for ensuring safety. I am hopeful that if you're confirmed your tenure, we will see material advances on all three. I will say it was disconcerting to see yesterday, the first day of the Biden administration, straight out of the gate, President Biden announced that he was canceling the Keystone Pipeline. That is a major infrastructure project. That is a project that right now today has 1,200 good-paying union jobs. And in 2021, the Keystone Pipeline was scheduled to have more than 11,000 jobs, including 8,000 union jobs, for contracts worth $1.6 billion. And with the stroke of a pen, President Biden has told Those 11,000 workers, those union workers, your jobs are gone. Mr. Buttigieg, what do you say to those workers whose jobs have just been eliminated by presidential edict? Well, I think the most important thing is to make sure that we make good on the promise of the president's climate vision as being one that, on net, creates far more jobs. Millions, we hope. Uh, I know that won't just happen. We'll have to do a lot of work to make sure that's real. Uh, But getting this right means ensuring that there are more good-paying union jobs for all Americans delivered through that infrastructure vision. So for those workers, the answer is somebody else will get a job? The answer is that we are very eager to see those workers continue to be employed in good-paying union jobs, even if they might be different ones. Well, I, I fear that decision is the front end of a whole series of regulatory decisions. Okay, I couldn't take it anymore. That's all I could stand. Uh, we're just going to make sure that they can work somewhere else. No, but no, but you're shutting down their jobs. They're going to lose 11,000 jobs. Well, they can learn to code for all I care. I mean, this is the new administration. They can learn. Did you see that knowing smirk on that guy's face? I mean, like he's getting away with something and he is, I mean, he's living an absolute disordered lifestyle, but um, this is, this is coming soon. To a theater near you, and he has no qualification to be in that department. Transportation. He's a mayor of a of a third tier town. He's the mayor of a third tier town, and now he's going to lead the transportation department of the United States of America and be responsible for the interstates and the roadways and the major infrastructure projects. I mean, like, um, but wait, 
there's more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, there was a tweet from someone uh, defending with it, basically saying that Biden is, is showing is going to shift and his policies decisions are all going to be based around uh, transgender rights, uh, you know, same sex attraction rights around, yeah. uh, uh, you know, racism and basically all these social issues. And that's what his entire policy as an administration is going to be based around. So, can I say his name the way it looks? Buddy gig? <laughs> well, we're probably going to get this. Buddy, uh, whatever. We're Buddy probably going to get canceled anyway because I already judges. said the G word. So yeah, that's fine. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> but um, buddy gig. He, All right. Um, I mean, we... I, I, frankly, I could care less about his aberrant sexual orientation and behavior. That's that's I, I, I honestly I could care less about that in and of its. I mean, whatever in terms of the social okay. sphere. But. He has no competence to be in this office, and now he's just summarily announcing with this. But what's smug okay? Look. Speaking of smug looks oh. and people that look funny and who have no, uh, absolutely no qualifications <laughs> to be in position of leadership, Ricky, this is somebody. This this person goes by Rachel. We cannot use his actual Rachel. name because if we use his actual name, uh, then he he's going to. Label you as having a mental disorder. That's actually out. Like that, the the he'll be the number two person at HHS. He will be responsible for making sure that you use the right pronouns. And if you use the wrong pronouns, it'll be like Canada. It's a hate crime. Um. So yeah, that's 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 coming soon. So uh, the the freaks and ghouls, man, they're all out. Hey, don't forget this guy. Also. Encouraged COVID safe orgies as assistant health secretary. He would put a thousand people into the nursing homes with like his own mother or something like that. He's killed people. And then on top of that, let's just get to the first. How can you say obey the science, listen to science when you got that guy who dresses like a female all the time, thinks he's a girl in charge? And on top of that, hell, can we not find somebody that's in shape? It's like that <laughs> one lady in uh, the United Kingdom. Who's no, Belgium. A walking job oh, yeah. of the hut. Oh, yeah. I've seen her. She's huge. <laughs> and it's like, and I don't want to get in a legitimately attacking people's weight, but it's like, what is this show? This shows they have not made good health mm-hmm. decisions, that they have a questionable understanding of nutrition, and yet they're going to be these health czars to, to just decide what everyone else is going to do, what the national policy is going to support, favor. And it, it's almost like Rick and Morty when this alien race comes in and takes over Earth and they're like, OK, and they, so they decide to start running everyone's health. So everyone gets pharmaceutical pills for breakfast mm-hmm. every morning. You're going to fix their mood and make them obey. You know, it's like that's that's your food now is all these pharmaceutical pills. I mean, that's almost like the way it's going. Western medicine is based around covering up symptoms and not actually dealing with um, the actual problem, you know, because that makes that's bad for the system, because that means if you're cured, you're not a customer. The only bishop in the United States that seems to recognize that is Strickland down in Tyler, Texas. Uh, And he's the one that continues to dissent even from the USCCB. Uh, statement that basically says it's an act of love for you to take the jab. And uh, he's saying, no, it's not an act of love. It's an act of um, abomination and uh, cannibalism. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Even apart from that, it's, and and I absolutely agree with that. It's frankly, come on, just look at it practically. If we all just roll over and take it uh, when they use aborted fetal lines to either cultivate or even produce these vaccines, how are they ever going to stop if we all just keep lining up and doing it? It's not going to stop. 
If we, you know, if the if the conference had gotten out and said, you know, we as Catholics demand vaccine companies stop using this HEK HEK two ninety three line, it needs to be destroyed, and we will have nothing to do. We will tell our people not to get a vaccine until you do that. I think that you would at least see some pharmaceutical companies developing vaccines that don't use those lines, even if they continue to use them otherwise. You would if you have millions of people in the U.S. Mm -hmm. that are saying no, right? They're not going to do that. Now we've essentially rolled over. And on top of that, informed consent and and actual safety, nobody knows what this thing is going to do. They keep running around, oh, it's safe, it's safe. It's not. I safe. think Brother Martin has made this point in the past as well about Korea, about Catholics banding together and forcing the market to to develop something that we can actually take. Something was already developed by uh, by Sorrento back in November. Though they said that if these companies like Moderna and, and Pfizer keep producing and having success, then they're going to have to quit because there's not going to be any money in the market. So mm-hmm. if you've gotten the vaccine already and not have not demanded the Sorrento vaccine, um, essentially you're putting the only moral option out of business uh, by saying, oh, because the Pontifical Academy for Life, which has pro-abortion people, uh, you know, on its staff or whatever, oh, they said it's okay. No. Yeah, but, you know, the feds are looking for your health. They're in your, they're in for your best interest. You know this, right? I mean, they don't want you being sick or dying or anything like that. I, mean, I, 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 went through, I went through public school and I know what lunches are like in public school and elementary school. The feds are not out for your health. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think that lady in Europe became Job of the Hut? Exactly. <laughs> There's Pizza one more thing to say that. on the HHS secretary and her proclamation that if you don't use the correct pronouns, you're you're mentally ill. And we're going to define you as mm-hmm. mentally ill. In the Soviet Union, they had this thing, the pathologizing of dissent. In the Soviet Union, considered well, communism be this fully scientific thing that uh, you know is totally backed by the science. Communism, you know, you would use psychologists and doctors and whatever to similarly declare dissenters as mentally ill. And if you did that, you know, you pathologize the dissent. So anyone who dissents, they're just mentally ill. Otherwise, they wouldn't dissent. And we're already seeing that come around. There's already, you know, things coming around. Well, people who are vaccine mm-hmm. hesitant, they might be laboring on some mental illness. People who don't trust That's the right. government might be laboring on well, a mental illness. Well, and people who voted, who, and, and people the who supported Trump might suffer from a mental illness, too. Yeah. If you're pro-life, if you're too conservative, if you're closed-minded and backwoods, you might, you just might be mentally ill and therefore a potential domestic Terrorist. We saw this in 2009. We saw this in 2009 when Kathleen Sebelius, under the Obama administration, labeled anyone with a Ron Paul bumper sticker as a potential domestic terrorist. So we've lived this before. It's just going to be more intense this time. Or even Janet Reno years. That's actually. a good point. Yeah, even Janet Reno in the in the Clintonian years. Um, right on cue, though, and uh, not the not the little letter, but the actual word cue. unfortunately we've had a tragic event overseas i don't have imagery for it but 30 people died in a suicide bomb in iraq and hundreds of people were maimed now this happened right after the regime change you you didn't see this happening under the four years of trump um and and look there there are no coincidences why is this happening you mean isis took four years off just to start back up the week after biden came in no Shocker. <laughs> Who knows? Who saw that coming? <laughs> yep. yep. And, and so fact and, is and not ISIS, only is Iraq in the news, yeah. Syria is in the news, Iran is in the news. So you've got the war hawks back in power. 
You have the, you know, the uh, basically the military sort of industrial complex. Um, they have their guy back in the seat. And you know for sure that we're going to be at war with someone. And I say this as someone who's been to the Middle East twice, to both Iraq and Afghanistan, took an oath of office to the Constitution of the United States, not to any living president. And um, and now it's very obvious to me that we're going to be back over there in a major, major way. Yeah, the generals did not like Trump because Trump kept them out of the uh, wars and the military-industrial comp- complex took a big hit for money. But the troops loved him because they weren't going to get sent overseas for the wars for D.C. and the politicians like Lindsey Graham, who people love down here in the South, but... That guy would send anybody's family overseas and not think twice about me. He ain't sending his. But then it goes back to a couple of weeks ago when they were all cowering underneath their desk. Oh, they yeah. have no problem sending your sons to go over fight over there for their pockets, but don't come after them. Yep. And um, look, I think that there are, uh, how shall I say this on YouTube? I think that there we are witnessing a global civil war within a certain tribe. And there are two factions of this tribe, but they're both uh, have the same goals. One uh, seeks a nationalist, uh, perhaps even Zionist worldview, and those are that's the that's the Netanyahu crowd, and they want a strong Israel. Um, the other are the more behind the scenes, more financially adept, if you know what I'm saying, the bankster crowd uh, that also controls other places like media and Hollywood, and that crowd doesn't want the world turning against, you know, a strong Israel. And so I think that we're witnessing that these two competing factions, what neutralizes the nationalist crowd in Israel more than the United States invading Persia? Because the Persians will view that action as the U.S. being a tool of the Israel state, and they'll just view it as an attack by Israel. And therefore, the, the, the engineered chaos in the Middle East will continue, which is exactly the status quo that the military-industrial complex seeks. How's that for an unpopular opinion? Most favored nation was bombing other nations prior to Biden taking the inauguration. This wasn't getting reported on. On the very day of the Capitol Hill protest, the the alleged coup, which is really just a coup in the mind of left-wing journalists, um, Israel was bombing... Oops, damn it, I said the name. Uh, They were bombing Syria. (laughs) They were bombing Syria the very day that those protests were going on. Right. Because, well, the chaos is going on. I'm just going to go over here and do this. And nobody, you know, takes note of it. It's like, wait, wait, why do they get to do that? But then if Syria dares to retaliate, that, that would be full scale war. Right. Which is why they don't. And, but it's wait, so one country can bomb another one with impunity. Didn't we invade in 1991 Saddam Hussein because he got mad the Kuwaitis were stealing some of his oil. So he just went over in tanks and took Kuwait. You know, and, and 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 threw bombs over there, and our our bombs that we sold him over there. Oh well, we got to go invade this whole country. Well, the other one that starts with an I, you can't. That's do right. That, and who, and by the way, who's gonna who's gonna finance <laughs> and who's gonna profit? Yeah, by? that's a good question. Exactly. But I think we've already gone too far for YouTube on that topic. Um, I will just say this though. Um, if I don't understand why it's traditional Catholics who are awake to this stuff. 
Why are the Novus Ordo totally asleep when, uh, oh, oh my goodness, it's, oh, well, Iran is back in the news and Syria and, um, and Iraq is in the news too. Oh, that, wow, I guess we gotta go. I mean, why, why do, why is it that traditional Catholics are open to, I, I have, I have the answer to my own theory and I wanna throw this by you guys. Brother, you can react. I think it's because traditional Catholics live in reality. We live in a, the objective yeah. reality. We experience the world through our five senses. We know that, that that Holy Mass is a sensory experience. It's not just the smells and bells that are nice to haves or whatever in the lace. It's a sensory experience, but we live in objective reality. And we also have a mistrust of government generally. And we are Christ the King people, which means we're not Republicans. We're not Democrats. We're Christ the King people. So I think for those three reasons, we're more open to it. We are more adept at seeing uh, between the lines, and we're not going to get on board with, you know, the MAGA thing or the Catholic president or whatever. Brother, what 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 are your thoughts? What about what, what about the trans that are in the queue idea? There are, are in the bag I know babies. that there. I know that those there guys are out there. Of those but, guys that are just aren't in reality. Okay, right fine. Now. You're right, Steve. But they're not watching us right now. They don't like the rundown. That group they they've unsubscribed <laughs> from RTF and Census. Wait, say unite the clans wasn't a real thing. Unite the I, uh, brother. Answer my question, brother. Just just ignore <laughs> Steve. <laughs> When you're a realist, when you live in reality, sometimes when reality sucks, it's easy to be labeled a pessimist. And so a lot of, especially Nova Zordites who live in their emotions and live in their feelings, who will, who will reject reality precisely because it sucks. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we get, typically we get labeled pessimists. And so, I, I mean, Nova Zordites, I think, really just don't want to be sad. Just don't want, they just want to be flower. They just want to feel good all the time. And so looking at Iran, looking at the situation in the Middle East, well, that doesn't feel good. And so I'm just going to focus over here on, on feeling good, on, on just saying, you know, Jesus loves me. Yes, I know, for the Bible tells me so, singing, singing the happy songs. Um, and that's the reality they want, they want to live in. They don't want to live in looking at the statistics um, that so many, peop- so many um, young people aren't in love with their Catholic faith anymore or going to college and just leaving. Um, they don't want to live in reality. So I think you're absolutely right. It's like traditional Catholics, even when it sucks, they live in reality. They face the truth. Uh, even when there are no easy answers, even when there seems to be no answers, um, except realizing that this life isn't going to last forever, that our goal is to make as many saints as possible and to get to heaven. Let me ask you a follow-up, though, brother, because I know that this this is not meant to be an attack on people who attend the Novus Ordo Mass. They're, they're not doing anything wrong. They're doing the best that they can in many cases— uh, in some cases, they don't have access to the TLM. They haven't heard about the TLM. So this isn't like an indictment. This is just the product of the Novus Ordo-ist sect, if you will. Or there's, there are other ways to say right, it that fruits. are more demeaning. And there are, there are more respectful ways to say it, too. So, um, But but the, the byproduct of that is people who live more in their emotions than in reality. And it's not—which it's it, which comes first, the chicken or the egg, I guess? I think for some— it depends on, on which demographic. I think for, for young people, it's, it's a fruit, for sure. But for older people who know about the, the TLM, who know it, ex- know it exists, I mean, we get on Twitter, we get constantly attacked by, you know, the boomer generation uh, that, that willingly choose uh, to live in their feelings. Um, those people, I think, are, are guilty. Um, but for, I think, the younger crowd, it, it is a, a fruit or a symptom um, of a bigger issue. Indeed. Um, the USCCB... Has written a love letter. Hey, uh, anybody, hey, Brian, you want to talk about <laughs> again? <laughs> we just got done talking about Vigano and these other. Tri- 
I don't. I'm not buying that. There, there's plenty of trans, especially in the United States. The American religion is far more worthy of a cause than. How many of these guys that are have been promoting MAGA for the last year? You see, going out in the street trying to convert people to the to the one true church or inviting them to masses before all this. None of them. I've never seen any of those guys. I'll say remnant. You guys inviting anybody to mass? You guys out there putting giving out medals or anything like that? You're putting videos out every week about Trump. What? Come on! I mean, there, there. I mean, come. There's the American religion is not just the N.O. It's across the rights. It's there's no. I mean, there's plenty of guys posting things about Trump is the greatest human in the world. Uh, God bless Trump, and then trashing the Pope. Up now, hey, we got a bad pope, but that's not pious to go out and say, uh, you know, calling him names on 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 your, your your shows like that, and like, and that's not Catholic. That's the opposite of what we're doing. Uh, so yes, we're having a bad pope. Pray for us. Pray for him to come better. Maybe it's on us. But they say the same thing. They don't like we being told that it's we don't deserve a good pope or anything like that. We don't deserve a good president either. And why don't you fix your fix Minnesota? Stop going to you know Capitol with USA flags. Bring the Minnesota flag. It's it try, yeah, it's not just an NO thing. Everyone has had his coffee this morning, and we are turbocharged. <laughs> I was just going to add one more thing though, too, is that you do have the kind of in treads. Uh, I mean, you expect it with certain vets that are still they, they love their their service and everything, and in which. You know, I respect their service, but you you see it and then you see it with other two that are conservative and like, yeah, USA is the greatest great that ever was great. And, and 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 it's great to love your country. But then they look at it as, yeah, Masons can infiltrate the Vatican and in and, and, and the Pope. They're all being run by Masons, but not America. No, this is God's country. Yeah, that, America. Yeah, that's and, true. And so, I'm sorry. There's a big blind spot for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, that's not the way it is. It's uh, no, I'm sorry. Our country has been co-opted too, and every country in the world has, and unfortunately, our church has, and the Vatican has, up to you know, you know, we can go into that all day long if we want. So I, I think there there is a cross section. Trads are more red pilled, and they're more likely to get red pills. You're already taking the steps, saying, "Huh, church did something wrong after Vatican II, and they took away this beautiful worship." And you know, plenty of people, you know, you know, from the Novus Ordo, they, they're they, they look at it and they're just like, yeah, um, I like this mass better. I wonder why they got rid of that. And usually that's part of the red pilling process to realize, you know, stuff's gone really wrong in, mm-hmm. since the 60s. It really shouldn't have, right? So, I mean, there is that sense in which trades are more open to that. And and the, part of it is even adopting a certain, you know, conspiracy theory or conspiracy fact, as it were. Yeah, people change the mass. I don't get why they change the mass. It doesn't really make any sense. And then, you know, down the rabbit hole, maybe or maybe not, depending but there's still that, you know, susceptibility. And trads are different in every country, too. Don't forget, we're Americans, and we have that very American perspective. Trads in Italy have a different perspective. Trads in Latin America have a very different perspective on things. Trads in France, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a huge split amongst them between monarchist trads and those who say, well, we can accept the, you know, the, the, the government of the revolution, even though we don't agree with the revolution. And, oh, yeah, it's okay to sing the Marseillaise and, and whatnot. And then there you have other... The, the monarchist trads in France. No, no, we can never sing the Marseillaise. Anyone who does that is a, a, you know, a heretic right, and a sure. Gentile, et cetera. And, so. and there's, there are a lot of American monarchist trads as well, and but for them and for, you know, it's it's a theoretical exercise. It's not something that we really have any um, any bearing or understanding of. Um, 
So it's it's you're right. It's an interesting uh, dichotomy. Speaking of though, infiltration of the church and of government. The love letter that the USCCB has written to President Biden. This is the third time I'm going to try to get into this story. Are we ready, guys? <laughs> <laughs> the love letter here. I'm going to pr- pull it up on the screen. In rare rebuke, Cardinal Supich criticizes USCCB president's letter to President Biden. Now, I read the letter. It was a love letter to President Biden. And some people reported that even that letter was edited, heavily edited by the Vatican, because now that the president of the United States professes the Catholic faith, even though he doesn't live up to it by any stretch of the imagination, uh, it is now a an international, um, you know, uh, diplomatic uh, head of state type function. And therefore, the Vatican can directly intervene in what the USCCB says or does. And that will continue. So here you have the Pope's mouthpiece, Cardinal Subic. Uh, who says that we went too far by even bringing up the fact that some of the policies put forth by the incoming Biden administration may not be in perfect harmony with the teachings of the Catholic Church, especially on the respect for life. Wow, that's a bold statement, guys. (laughs) Pretty bold when you do it after the fact, when everybody's been telling you that for months. (laughs) Right. Well, for, for bishops, actually... It just uh, qualitatively, it is actually kind of bold because I'm actually surprised to see them even say that much, frankly. And you saw mm-hmm. what happened when they even said that much. Yet, you, you know, a little quizzling soupage coming around the back door is saying, "Oh, this is horrible. Well, we we got to do something." He runs to the Vatican to to whine and complain so that they'll call up Gomez and say, "Oh, you got to change this." But um, how dare you try to actually defend the church even slightly? But in, in, so I'm just just going to put that out there that it actually, compared to what they yeah. could have done, was a lot better. But that doesn't make it good. And when you look at where we are today as a church, it, it's a problem that predates Vatican II in this country, which is the subservience to the government. Ever since the turn of the century to the 1900s, um, you know, when that change came in, there, there was a you know new Episcopal crowd led you know by you know Gibbons was the big champion of it in the 19th century, and it carries over into the 20th, uh, go along and get along. We don't want to convert this nation anymore. We just want to have this nice little piece at the American table. Whereas you look at Bishop John Hughes in the 19th century, Dagger John, what did he say? Catholicism will conquer all nations. We will convert everyone. We will convert the, the you know all the armed forces, the Congress, and the presidency. We will bring this nation to Christ. That's the church's mission in this world. And that's why we pray for the liberty and exaltation of Holy Mother, mm-hmm. the church. And, and I don't know how many different prayers, including the Leonine prayers that are said after every mm-hmm. low mass, right? That's what they use to pray. Well, that's all been expunged. We can't talk about that. Now they're praying for religious freedom. And it's like, all right, you know, that that's obviously condemned error. I, I don't believe in freedom of religion for everyone as a positive right, as a negative right in terms of a toleration, yes. But but that's not what Dignitas you know, Humani says, Ryan. Come on, that's man. That's not what they're – well, we could go Let's into that. Let's not go there. I'm not there. even going to go into that. <laughs> I mean, what? Uh, yeah, we're, we're not going we'll there. I, I'm agnostic on Vatican II. Smarter people than I am will figure that one out sometime after I'm dead probably. So. What was that that happened in Idaho when that one uh, – uh, a uh, mega church guy got ended up who was in the middle of the street and they ended up uh, pulling him out. You had trads from all angles, Catholic small angles, decrying that trad and NO. Oh, you can't, this is religious liberty. This is a violation of religious liberty. The papal states, the same thing would have happened. 
Yeah. <laughs> Air, what happened to Air has no rights? All of a sudden, that got thrown out the window. Mm-hmm. I mean, you go, if Brian can confirm uh, back in what was it, Spain in those days that they, you, you were tolerated to exist, mm-hmm. but you couldn't go out in the, in the street and promote and evangelize if you were a Protestant, etc., out there, you it was Catholic only. That was the only religion that has religious freedom, religious well, liberty. Is then us. I got good news for you, gentlemen. The Biden administration doesn't care for religious liberty, so at least they're not going to promote that error. They're going to suppress religion <laughs> in right. all aspects. So hey, that's good, right? Yeah, they don't care. It's just going to go all out. The devout Catholic Joe Biden, as he is called. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, after what he goes to the mass. Puts his hand on a Dewey Rames and then uh, it, not, it takes a uh, reneges. Uh, he Trump might be trad. Is, do you think cap- Biden is a crypto trad? <laughs> 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 had, they had it out in the back, maybe. I don't know. He may be. I don't know. Yeah, he dusted it off from an office. Uh, it's. Uh, I, mean, I don't think anybody that, that crafted that photo op had any consideration for what version of the Bible it was. It's like, well, it needs to be Catholic because we need this Catholic image, and we should get it to be old so it shows like this lineage, and 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 that's that's why they they they, they produce this thing. It's. I mean, when you got Biden and and he refers to the Book of Palms. Um, <laughs> You know, this is not this. This is evidence of the fact that actually, nobody in the church calls it that. You could expect a kid looking at it to confused by the Greek letter C. You know, um, transliterated into two letters and trying to make that. You know, you can get a kid you know looking at that who's never heard it before, but when you're an adult who's just unchurched altogether, it's like, how do you say this word palms? But a guy who's supposed to be a devout Catholic who would have heard the word psalm, you would think in you would have, virtually you would every. Think. Mass in his but this is life. the same guy who yesterday uh, he had his earpiece in and and uh, he was walking with Jill and he walked by some Marines and somebody in his earpiece <laughs> told him salute the salute Marines, Marines. <laughs> and instead of at performing the action of salute the Marines he just kind of like blurts out salute the Marines. I hope that's real. I mean, like I like what I said at the beginning. Expect some comedy these next four yeah, years. Yeah, and you like, gotta laugh with at the it. Heat sheet, with the heat sheet guy yeah. being the HSS, it's just gonna be so ridiculous the next four years. You gotta laugh. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> laugh, or else you're gonna cry. Hey, Becker just joined us in the live chat. How are you, Mark? Um, all right, we got to get to the unpopular opinions, gentlemen, and. Um, I hope you have them ready because we've already been broadcasting for over an hour. So we're going to fly through them, maybe even uh, reduce the grifting segment and let everyone go along with their day on Friday, the 22nd of January. Who's got an unpopular opinion first? Go ahead, brother. (laughs) All right. Uh, Unpopular opinion. The new evangelization. I'm going to steal this this uh, phrase or whatever from John Paul II. It's not the type of evangelization where you make DVDs and put out books every six months to a year, and and you go out and sell them to help people bring them back to the church. It's not something where you could just hand out a book to someone and say, "Hey, come be Catholic." I mean, I think Steve, you were mentioning earlier in the show. Uh, that we need to bring people back in the church. And maybe it's precisely because DVDs aren't working. I mean, putting out the uh, something like the Catholicism series that like, costs one hundred fifty dollars to buy, uh, all that kind of stuff. The new evangelization is not an evang- and a method of evangelization of catechesis. Tertullian famous famously said that uh, the blood of martyrs is the seed of Christians. Um, my unpopular opinion is that the new evangelization really is an evangelization of martyrdom, whether that be physically 
um, living a lot of discomfort because we don't take vaccines with made from abortal fetal, uh, fetal cells, whether it be actually uh, losing our jobs because uh, our coworkers f- find your Twitter and find your opinions and report you to your boss. Uh, there's going to be a, there's, there needs to be a lot of discomfort. There needs to be Catholics willing to stand on principle uh, for preaching the truth in public, preaching the truth in public, whether whether that means sacrificing a job, finding something else that makes less money. Um, I mean, poverty in Christianity is a virtue. It's not poverty never never really means destitution, but it means going without that which you don't need. Um, and so I think we really need to start preaching. I mean, with our lives as well. I mean. All of us have talents. All of us could make a lot of money. All of us could do a lot of great things in this world. Uh, but preaching the truth to to a world that's hostile to the truth is going to have consequences. And really, if we're not ha- if we're not facing consequences, then are we really living up to our faith? Uh, and so we should buckle down and start feeling the pressure um, and, and, and preaching our faith uh, in public, not really through anonymous accounts on Twitter. Um, so the evangelization of martyrdom is a new evangelization. Does anybody actually want to compete with this, or do we want to just like let brother win again because he always wins every week? Although you, Steve, no, Steve, Steve you was a winner there, last week, so I, I think winner needs to go next. Well, well uh, it's unpopular is having to face the consequences. I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you well, know, I won because you ended up putting a uh, what was it? Freedom was dead, and I don't even think I even said the f word. <laughs> you only get twenty five characters. You are fake news. You only get twenty five characters to to write these Twitter polls. And by the way, a lot of you say I'm not on Twitter and I can't vote in the poll. God bless you. Stay away from Twitter. It is the devil's playground. I can't stand it. Go, go, Steve. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that one. Uh, no, no, half the stuff I said was unpopular. Uh, just to maybe piggyback on what Brother said, I mean, how many people are, are nonstop evangelization on the American religion and the presidency in D.C., but maybe don't they don't they don't go after you know people down the street or invite people to mass or come up with different ways to uh, invite people to mass or to true faith. But stand in unity with there's that U word unity with other people because of Trump or your governor or whatever it is. But didn't go to the rest of the group and hand out medals, miraculous miraculous medals of rosaries, or invite them down to uh, Our Lady, whoever uh, Our Lady's parish down the street. I don't know. It's just what's what's my popular. Stop being Americanist. Uh, live to be Catholic. You know, you're going to be hated if. Uh, Pray, go to the restaurant, make the sign across. You don't have to go up and say, Benedicite in the middle of the <laughs> diner. But say say your prayers beforehand. Dress good, dress well. Stop wearing the stupid money. Things like that. Just little things you can do that. And then give out an, give out an invitation to uh, take them to Mass, invite them out to pizza and beer afterwards. And, but this 100% in and all you can think of is D.C., forget D.C., so tired of these. Everyone knows that I'm tired of DC. Uh, divorce from DC. That's there you go. <laughs> okay, you're gonna have to tell me what was your unpopular I don't opinion. No, I'm rambling. Divorce DC. Divorce DC. That's a good one. Stop being Americanist. Okay. Stop reading the remnant. I think is what you said. Didn't you say that? Brian, <laughs> 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 I'm gonna let you go. <laughs> go ahead. All right. So. In 1992, the uh, in 19, in 93, the Soviet Union fell apart. 
right? The, 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 the Soviet Union ended, and all of a sudden the Cold War ended, and all of a sudden the, um, the, the, the American military spending ended. So, uh-oh, we need, we need a, a new enemy, but we need one that could be perpetual. And so that enemy that had to be created was terrorism, specifically Middle Eastern terrorism. And it was already created previously as a different op, which was to fight the Soviets and bring the Soviets to the point where they had to fall apart, namely Operation Cyclone. And you can look that up. It used to be denied. It used to be a conspiracy theorist. Have you ever talked about Operation Cyclone, where the Carter administration and the Reagan administration beefed it up? They created Al-Qaeda before it was called that. Uh, they created it to fight the Soviets in Afghanistan. And they continued to fund it now when the Soviet Union fell. People like Hekmatir and Osama bin Laden and, and uh, people of this sort, they were the guys paid for by you know U.S. dollars, taxpayer dollars, over in Afghanistan, trained, equipped. And what happens? They're, they're all given green cards, and they all show up in 1993 World Trade Center bombing right after the fall of communism, and we're talking peace dividends, we're talking all these things, and all of a sudden, boom, the World Trade Center goes down. Oh, America's got a new enemy. So now the military spending has to go back up, right? And you have Osama bin Laden basically doing ops for the U.S. government all over the world, Sudan, Serbia, you name it. So Osama bin Laden's brother fought in the Kosovo Liberation Army. Osama bin Laden paid for an arm to the Kosovo Liberation Army. They were, you know, Middle Eastern terrorism is serving American interest around the world. And that did not change on September 11th, when Osama bin Laden was actually in a Pakistani ISI military hospital, as Dan Rather reported on CBS, uh, that's about the same time that the attacks were supposed to happen. And they say, oh, how could he possibly have gotten over to Tora Bora to, 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 to coordinate all that? Well, he didn't. Um, so it, because, because, you know, irrespective of 9-11 and the provenance of the, the, that attack, terrorism is the cash cow of the American security state. So what I'm going to submit as my unpopular opinion is that Al-Qaeda does not exist and did not exist. And the same thing for ISIS does not exist except as funded, trained, controlled opposition to accomplish American and European security goals in the Middle East. And so all of a sudden we have a bombing in Iraq as Biden becomes president because now the funding is being turned back on. And you start paying people king's ransoms where we've destroyed their natural infrastructure. And they'll start doing things to maintain those king's ransoms. And that's precisely what you're going to see. That's why al-Qaeda back in uh, the killed American soldiers in Iraq, well, they were suddenly showing up in Libya to fight against America's new declared enemy, which was Gaddafi. Um, with the flimsiest of bases for, I mean, like they're saying that he's given his troops rape drugs, so they're, you know, Viagra, so they go rape the populace. Like, does anyone stop and think of the logistics of that? Seriously? Um, you know, but no, of course not. We just, oh, the media said it, so it must be true. And what, what do you know? The rebels have a central bank right in line mm -hmm. with the Federal Reserve that's uh, good est established in Libya. And now they sell black people in slave markets in Libya. Hey, why not? Right? So that's, that's the, you know, the war on terror is this endless shifting thing to always keep the defense industry in, you know, funded, very well funded. So terrorism is always controlled. There is no war on terror except what, you know, the war of terror waged by the war hawks that are now in power. So all you anti-war liberals that voted for Biden, I hope you're happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll be back in the Mideast. Um, all right, my unpopular opinion this week is stop looking for signs of the times and stop obsessing over the false prophet and the end times and thinking this is, a, this is some... Look, I was reading Gregory of Tours the other day, 
and his book that he put out uh, in the sixth century. Okay, so fourteen centuries ago, and uh, and his first chapter, he says, "We are not living in the end times." People often ask me if we're living in the end times. I say to you, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if we're living in the end times or not. So it seems like there's a lot of things. Uh, con- there's a confluence of a lot of things. All right, as Steve said, we have a we have a pope that uh, openly teaches error. We have a Federal Reserve that's gone wild and enslaves us. We lost a federal election that everyone had hoped that we would win, whatever. That doesn't mean that we're in the end times. Nobody is being drugged in the streets. Nobody's really being martyred, red martyr with blood yet, and we haven't seen that on a massive scale in the United States. But my point to you is, look, read your spirit, do your, do your devotions, and live your life. Make some preparations that are reasonable, absolutely, but don't obsess about it. Um, read, you know, the soul of the apostolate. Pick up devotions like the the rosary and the scapular, the holy face devotion, and um, and 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 try to exercise Christian detachment. Detachment. If there's anything that this election is going to teach us, it's detachment from politics. Uh, Steve said, "Divorce DC." I say, "Detachment from DC." Same thing, really, but it's, there's a spiritual component to it as well, so that's my unpopular opinion. All right, quick grifter section. Who's ready to grift, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> it's always me first. All right. Well, um, since we're talking about getting red-pilled in the traditional Mass, I have St. Robert Bellarmine's On the Most Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, uh, which is a great book divided into two parts where he takes on the Protestant arguments against sacrifice and against and defends the, the, the Catholic teaching on the Mass as it is in the Council of Trent. In the second part of the book, he picks up on um, you know how it's efficacious, how it's meritorious, but also on the ceremonies. And he shows things like the Roman canon that you find in the, the traditional Latin Mass is the most ancient of all the Eucharistic prayers in, in, the, in the West. And it shows by, by showing which fathers quote it in very large you know, portions, very early. So it's, it's a great book. Uh, Dr. John Joy, who's a theologian in the Diocese of Madison, he, uh, you know, he called it really the best defense of the Tridentine Mass by one of the greatest theologians of the Tridentine era. So don't, uh, don't miss it. Uh, it's an excellent you know, book for all that. Um, yeah, that's my grift. And we have actually many more books at MediatrixPress.com. So uh, you were welcome, as well as this month's book club, by the way. If you sign up for the book club this month, you get this in hardcover. Did I mention that last no, month? No, St. Dominic. What is that? St. Dominic's successor? What is that? Uh, the Life of Blessed Jordan of Saxony, and who nobody knows about. But if it were not for him, there would have been no Dominican order, because he's the genius that uh, organized and, and uh, you know, basically affected St. Dominic's vision for the order. So that's what you'll be getting this I month. I can't wait to get it. Yes, I am a member of the book club. $50 a month. You get a book. You get exclusive podcasts. Uh, MediatrixPress.com. Check it out. Who's next for the grifting section? I don't have a grift or anything, but I've been helping the, the uh, Transalpine Redemptors clean up their YouTube channel. So go over and check it out. They just got okay to go to Montana. So the United States will have them show up pretty soon. Well, they're there now, but they're building a monastery. So help support them so they can build a monastery. So they're in Strancay, New Zealand, and now Montana. And yes, they're doing daily posts on their YouTube channel again. Uh, it's just type in Transalpine Redemptorists, and you'll do it, and you'll see it. And then they do a meditation prior, a lecture, rosary, 
sometimes we'll have a mass afterwards and then devotions afterwards. And then afterwards, I'll, we'll clean it up and just cut out and just put the lectures in. So check it out. They got some great stuff over there. Subscribe and share it with others. Brother Martin. Out of 75 monks, you've got about 15 of these left, Brother Chewy Mugs. So we're also looking to build a monastery, the Olades of St. Augustine. Um, so if you want to help us out, also you check out OladesofStAugustine.com. That was quick. All right, my grift this month is, uh, or this week, is going to be a plug for Father Ripperger's YouTube channel, Census Traditionis. And in fact, instead of doing the standard lead out, I'm going to leave you with a couple minutes of him talking about the uh, similarities between the psychology of demons and the psychology of communists. So this video is courtesy of um, Father Ripperger's channel, Census Traditionis. Give them a subscribe over there and um and click the bell on that one too this is the rundown thanks for watching god bless you but they can also when a person reads things or looks at certain things they can put a commentary that is they can put his perspective on it to affect the person's input of information in more extreme cases of obsession possession and oppression they will actually block the person from coming to knowledge about the truth and the reason being is, is because once the person recognizes the truth of a situation, the demons hold, because demons, their hold on us is in large part in connected to error. That is, we have an erroneous understanding of something. And once we come to the truth and the knowledge of that, then we are freed from their grip. And so this means that the demons want to control what people know in order to control their behavior. Um, this, they only want to allow information which promotes their viewpoint. They manipulate the images and the talking points that we experience. The exact same thing is true in relationship to communists. They try to control all the sources of knowledge. Then even in those that aren't under their control uh, directly, then they will try to block them so that people can't get access to alternative forms of news or information. They will also, uh, whenever the image is presented on the mainstream media of a particular event, you see this very often with certain news media outlets, they will have, they will show pictures, pictures of the rioting. They will literally show in the background buildings burning, but then they'll say it's largely a peaceful protest. So there's this constant manipulation of the perspective or the image in relationship to it. In the end, they just want to control the information that people have. Communists behave in very much the same way. Their side can say anything it wants in relationship to the individual or anything in reality, but you're not permitted to say anything. In other words, just as the demons shut down the person trying to sort their way through the type of, sort their way through the temptation or through the viewpoint that they're putting it, that, that, but they don't want the person, they don't want to permit the person to do that. So the communists do the same thing. They're permitted to say whatever they want, but you can't say anything. They can name call. They can launch complete false attacks. They can use constant ad hominems. Ad hominems is a logical fallacy in which you don't really address the argument that is being presented, but rather you simply attack the man that is presenting the argument. You see this done over and over again. Um, 
but others are not permitted to point out their faults, weaknesses, errors, or what have you. In other words, it's a one-sided uh, process. If you do that, you will be torn down in front of others. They will viciously attack you. They will do hit jobs on you in the news media, etc. In other words, they try to shut you down, and if they can't shut you down, then they simply shout you down.